0: Destiny Foursquare Church, we are so happy that you are with us this morning. Thank you for joining us. We are going to spend the morning just leaning in to the voice of God and singing some songs this morning, releasing the sound of heaven. If if you've been carrying a heaviness or maybe there's heaviness just from what has transpired this week. We're just going to let uh, God speak into that this morning. Amen? And um, that's our heart. That's our desire. We we really just, we're already been in a season of leaning into the voice of God and leaning away from the voice of the world. And that's what this morning is about, um, for him to enter in and for him to uh, just speak and move. And And I, I really believe, you know, there's churches all over the nation this morning that are leaning into being agents of mercy, leaning into a message of justice this morning. And I really believe that you know we've been we've been praying for, we've been seeking for revival. I really believe we are singing, seeing the songs sung on the streets, you know, we're seeing the prayers being lifted up in every neighborhood. I believe that we're in a move. We're in a move of God. And so let's let's just enter in with everything that we have this morning and and let God speak. Amen. Holy Spirit, thank you, Lord. We invite you into the service, Lord. We know that you're here. You're fully present. And God, we just uh, uh, step into your leadership and your voice this morning. We want to hear from you. In your mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Get
1: Good morning, Destiny. We'd love to see you out there. We love that you're joining joining us, whether you are a regular part of our or if you're a new person who's only been watching since we started online or if maybe this is your first day we want to welcome you. I have a few words I'd like to share just to kind of set the tone for this morning's service. Um, I have a few scriptures I'd like to share and then I have a few words to speak. In Galatians 3.28, We know that it says there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Basically, it's saying that God is no respecter of persons, but it doesn't say that he doesn't respect people. It's saying that we are all one in Christ Jesus. What it does say about how he feels about us individually Zechariah 7.10 says, Do not oppress the widow or the orphan, the stranger or the poor, and do not devise evil in your hearts against one another. Jeremiah 7.5.7 says, For if you truly amend your ways and your deeds, if you truly practice justice between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the alien, the orphan, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, nor walk after other gods, (laughs) own ruin, then I will let you dwell in this place, in the land that I promised you. So I believe that our God loves all of us without seeing those differences between us. But he tells us to notice those differences and to uphold the personhood of each person that we see to respect them for who they are, respect them that they are a child of God, respect them that even if (laughs) we don't see eye to eye, even if we see other people as completely different from who I am, we respect them. And I value all the people in my life, all the people of different colors, races, religions, size, shapes. I value those people that God has brought into my life, but I also value the that I don't know. I value the people that I really don't see eye to eye, that I think, you know, I would never be able to sit and eat a meal with them. I don't know how I could do that. But God, but God, so those people that I don't know, those people that I don't understand, God loves them, and he tells us to love them as he loves me tells us to love them as he loves every single person and so I challenge us church I challenge us to love our neighbor to love our brothers and sisters and to see the people that we don't think like as our brothers and sisters and our neighbors God loves them he loves you he loves each of us and he wants his spirit of peace and justice to reign over our land you father god and we thank you that you give us that spirit of love for each other because we wouldn't be able to do it without you i thank you lord that you see the oppression that you see any of your any of your people that have been crying out to you that have been hurt for whatever reason it is, Lord, you hear our cries. And we thank you, Lord, that your spirit reigns over this region, over our state, over this nation, Lord. We cry out to you. Yes, cry yes, out yes, to you, Lord. Yes, yes, we love yes, you and we thank you. We know we you. cannot do this without you. So we welcome you. We thank you, Jesus.
2: Good morning, Destiny. This is Jim here. I'm um, just going to share a few thoughts and pray. Um, I'm going to pray for our church this morning. Um, As all my fellow believers out there. uh, The Lord really put on my heart, we're the hands and feet out there. And if there's ever a time and a season right now where we really need to be the hands and feet that are out there displaying the love and walk in unity um, as brothers and sisters um, in the Lord, the time is now. So Heavenly Father, I just declare that I want to be in lockstep with my brothers and sisters that are also believers, Heavenly Father. And that you will take us out to the world right now that's hurting and lost and sad and scared and confused, Lord. And let us come together as your children in love and be the hands and feet and be the light and carry the love and carry your truth. Let us carry the light to the darkness in a world that needs it so desperately right now, Lord. Let us reach across... all boundaries all, all all boundaries that were put by by human beings no no boundaries you put out there father help us to reach across those and to just be your hands and feet to a world that needs it that desperately needs your love and your light right now that's that's my declaration for the church right now in jesus name
3: and i was um reading this scripture psalm 139 23 to 24 a prayer of repentance. Explore me O oh God and know the real me dig deeply and discover who I am put me to the test and watch how I handle the strain Examine me to see if there is an evil bone in me and guide me down your path forever And as believers like Jim said, um, we are to be in unity um, But first it has to start with us as an individual right and then with your spouse and your family and all of those that are in your sphere of influence So for our community beyond our church walls, here's my prayer. Father God, thank you for providing your son Jesus as an example of how we should live. Holy Spirit, invade our homes and schools and workplaces. Break down barriers that divide and isolate our community. Unite leadership and people in authority. Stand guard at the gateways of our region. Blow through the streets. Be the friendship and acceptance that every person longs for. Where we live is no accident. This community is our mission field. I declare the streets are covered by the blood of Jesus. Satan has no power here. Neighbor will embrace neighbor. The strong will stand for the weak. The young will respect the old. The capable will assist the unable. These homes will be safe havens. Of friendship of kindness and compassion no one will go hungry no one will go unnoticed lives here are going to be forever changed by the name of Jesus
2: Amen. I'd like to also pray for our leaders it's a tough time to be a leading on all levels for the church leaders the community leaders and our our uh, leaders of our state and even our, our national leaders um, and it's a time for, for our, our leaders to rise up. They need to take courage, but they also need to lead in humility um, and in truth. Um, and so, Heavenly Father, I pray for our leadership. I pray for all the leaders, Lord, as, 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 as Christians help us to, to do our part under their leadership. But for them, leaders, Lord, I pray that you will give them courage and strength make tough decisions but also humility father I pray that you will allow them to lead in a way that's that's humble and that's caring that's truly you know their hearts Lord stir up that which is good in their hearts Lord the, your word says you appoint leaders Lord so you knew the leaders we were gonna have at this time Lord so I just ask Lord that you would guide our leaders to rise up and lead out of humility out of courage and out of strength father in ways that are going to advance your kingdom lord use them even if they don't know you father i declare you're going to use the leaders to advance your kingdom father you put them there whether they know you or not it's you appoint them father so i just declare humility and courage and your kingdom's going to be advanced your love your grace and mercy even by our leadership during this season in jesus
3: our nation and our world. Lord, we need your presence and your power more than ever. We need transformation that only you can bring to this world. Give us wisdom and understanding so that we can share hope to the hurting. Thank you, God, for this body of believers that extends beyond our church and our community and our state and um, even across our world, God. We can proclaim your good news to all who are here. Send us out to be a light. In the darkness send us out to speak life lord help us to extend grace and mercy to feed the hungry and befriend the lonely to find the lost let all find forgiveness and comfort in the presence of holy spirit god we just ask that you create a heart in us that is loving and patient and compassionate and full of integrity god we just declare that it will be so
2: Destiny, we hope to see you soon.
1: This is my son Zion. Do you believe that I love you? Yeah. Do you believe that I would protect you? Yeah. Why do you believe that? Because you're my mom. Go ahead and sit down. He believes that because I'm his mom, I've shown him day after day that I love him and I protect him. I'll be there for him. Father God loves you. He's going to be there for you. He's going to protect you. And I just believe those chains of oppression are falling off right now. Whether it's your body, whether it's your mind, whether it's your spirit, those chains of anger are going to fall off. Those chains of fear are going to fall off. (laughs) Those chains of fear questioning and doubt, they're going to fall off in Jesus' Jesus. name because we know, we believe that our Father God has our back. We know that he is with us at all times, in every circumstance, in every situation, and that he is bigger and stronger and greater than anything else.
4: All right, me again. Come back. This isn't done yet. So much more uh, God's going to do this morning, but uh, Pastor Sean messaged me earlier this week and uh, he said, Hey, you've got five minutes to do something about direction in God's leading. And I was like, Huh, oh, too specific, man. Can you be more broad? Five ish. Yeah. It's like, Man, micromanage me. No. Uh, so, anyway, I, I started praying about it, and, and it's no No small task to find words in times like these. Uh, But I felt like what God wanted us to do was start with a brain exercise. You know, our our imagination, our mind's eye is a gift from God. And um, so often we use it for things it wasn't designed for. Uh, But this morning, I think we can use it for something that it was designed for. So I would encourage you to just get comfortable for a moment. If you need to sit down, that's fine. Uh, But I would like you to, to maybe close your eyes And I want you to just imagine, I'm gonna describe some stuff to you and I want you to just imagine, okay? So imagine, if you take away all of the politics that are going on right now, take away the riots and the looting, take away the peaceful protests and COVID-19, just imagine all of that is gone, everything. Imagine the back to normal of your dreams. Everybody's excited to get back to normal. Imagine that. You're back to normal. Now in that normal time, think outside of yourself, think outside of your room, think outside of your circle. In that back to normal of your dreams is everyone in the world being treated the way that you want to be treated. Was your neighbor being treated as you expect to be treated? See, everybody's all excited to get back to normal, but we we didn't realize that normal was broken. A couple of weeks ago, the youth and I uh, started having this conversation uh, about Joseph's life. You know, uh, basically, mouthed off, and his brothers got at him because they hated him because he was the favorite and for a bunch of other reasons. I think a lot of us can relate. Unless you are the favorite, then maybe you don't. <laughs> but uh, we, started, we, we started having this discussion about, you know, Joseph, when, when he had the dream of his family bowing down and worshiping him, he got all excited because I'm going to be important. And so he went and he told all of his family about it because he was excited that he was going to be important. But he didn't take a moment to think what this news might mean to his siblings and to his parents. He didn't stop to think how it would affect them. In the discussion that we've been having, the, the, the thing we've been looking at is we need to stop asking the question, how is this affecting me? And start asking, how is this affecting those around me? I think that white America very much wants to get back to normal because it's very easy for us to, normal was fine for me. Normal was great. Nobody was rioting. There, uh, there weren't any, any marches. Nobody was pushing on my status quo, but normal was broken. Go back to that thought of back to normal. Was every person on this planet loved the way Jesus died so they could be? And I think if we really think about it, we might want to say yes, but we know the truth is no. Everybody in this town wasn't even loved the way Jesus died so they could be. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 through 27, clear back at the beginning. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Uh, Pastor Sean and I had a discussion a couple of Thursdays ago um, on our Lunch with Us um, Facebook Live thing and I, I mentioned um, Imego Dei. That's where the, the phrase image of God in Genesis 1 uh, comes from. When it says that God created mankind in his own image, uh, Imego Dei is, is the, the phrase that was used. It means image of God and it's defined as the metaphysical expression associated uniquely to humans which signifies the symbolical connection between God and humanity. The phrase has its origins in Genesis 1:27 wherein God created man in his own image. This biblical passage does not imply that God is in human form but that humans are in the image of God in their moral, spiritual, and intellectual essence. Thus, humans reflect God's divine nature in their ability to achieve the unique characteristics with which they have been endowed. These unique qualities make humans different than all other creatures. We have the ability for rational understanding, creative liberty, the capacity for self-actualization, and the potential for self-transcendence. This phrase, Imago Dei, is where human rights come from. Because I was made in the image of God, I deserve to be treated in such a way. I deserve a certain amount of freedoms. I deserve, regardless of my political standing, my race, my religion, because I was made in the image of God, I deserve to live free. I get to choose how I want to live. The book of Colossians was written in a time, um, it was written by Paul in a time when the early church was starting to grow. Uh, Missionaries started reaching out and they were going outside of the normal uh, uh, Jewish lands, like they were getting out of Israel and they were getting into other countries and other places. And uh people from these other places were coming to Jesus, they were becoming Christians and they were they were joining the family. And uh, a lot of the, the young Christians that, that had been had been Jews uh, before they converted to Christianity were, were struggling because of the types of people joining the group. And as part of his response to them, Paul wrote, uh, this is Colossians 3 verse 11. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. He's talking about within Christ, within the world that God is bringing to us, within the heaven on earth that Jesus has uh, died to create and that we live to uh, sort of help build. There's not Greek and Jew. There's not circumcised and uncircumcised. There's not barbarian. Scythian, slave, or free. Uh, there's this interesting thing. Uh, the word barbarian actually comes from uh, the, the Greeks, I believe, were, would make fun of this group of people that they called the barbarians because when they tried to speak Greek, they could only say "barbar." That's what it sounded. It, they, they, their language didn't work. They're, they couldn't wrap their mouths around their language, so the Greeks would make fun of them, and that's why they got called, that's where, where the word barbarian came from. They were making fun of a people group. but that's not the end of the verse. We haven't read the whole verse. Here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. If God made man in his image, then Jesus exists in the face of every human Young and old, black, white, and brown. Every face. I feel like calling out uh, a little bit about um, how we've been treating those from the Middle East over the last couple of decades. A lot, of, a lot of people are upset because um, uh, one or two people making bad choices is labeling a whole bunch of other people. What about the people from the Middle East? A handful of them attacked and it was terrible. But how have we treated all of the rest of them since? They're made in God's image too. So I'm gonna pray for us as we move on. First, I'm gonna pray for forgiveness and then I'm gonna pray for boldness. And I know that a lot of us have been asking for peace and we've been praying for peace. But peace is not behind us because our back to normal was broken and it was not peaceful. Peace does not equal the status quo. Peace is heaven on earth where every person that God loves is loved by the people that God loves. God, I thank you so much for bringing us to this place where we can have this conversation. God, I don't know what the structure is or what the plan was or 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 why everything has laid out the way that it has, with the world being completely just destroyed right now. But God, everything that we relied on is gone in this moment. And all we can rely on in this moment is you. God, I know that you didn't cause all the atrocities that have happened recently, but God, I thank you that you do not waste opportunity. And I thank you for giving us this opportunity for change. So God, I pray for forgiveness because we have not loved our neighbor as we love ourselves. And God, your word says that if we don't love our neighbor, how could we love you? we do love you and we want to learn to love our neighbor. So God, again, I thank you for shaking the things that we rely on and shaking the status quo and showing us how broken our normal was. And God, I pray that you would forgive us for not loving our neighbor the way that we should. God, I pray that you would forgive us for standing by quietly and allowing inequality to reign. Jesus, in your time on earth, You stood between the crowds of the accepted and the unaccepted and you told the accepted to shut up while you went and loved the unaccepted and you showed us how we're supposed to live and we've not been doing it. So Jesus, forgive us for standing quietly. Jesus, forgive us for leaving well enough alone. Forgive us for focusing so much on our own little space and our own little four walls and our own little life in our in our cul-de-sac or wherever we happen to live. God, forgive us for not owning the problems that exist in our world. So God, I pray that you would give us boldness and Holy Spirit, I pray that you would lead us to stand up and to speak up to change the things that we can and to never ever go back to well enough. Holy Spirit lead us to a day where normal is love. Citywide, statewide, nationwide, worldwide love where every man, woman and child is treated as if they were created in the image of the almighty God because God we know that every man, woman, and child was created in your image and they deserve to be loved. They deserve to be cared for. They deserve to be treated like they matter because they do matter. And above all, Holy Spirit, do not let us waste this opportunity for good change. Open our eyes to what we've missed. Search out our hearts, God. You've given us this moment and you've given us the power to change the world. We talk about it, we've prayed for it for generations. We've prayed, God, that you would change the world and you've brought it to our doorsteps. You've brought it right in front of us, God. Don't let us waste this opportunity. Again, God, I thank you so much that your plans for us are good. For those that follow you, your plans for us are good. And God, we are here. We are following you. Bring our hearts back to you. Renew our minds. Change the way we think, God. Help us to believe. Help us to understand. Help us to to, to get things the way you get them. Help us to see the world through your eyes. Thank you, Lord, in your name.
0: Let's pray. Father, give us grace to be bridge builders. Give us your heart. Give us your eyes. Give us your heartbeat. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Justice that excludes anyone is unjust. Our heavenly father is a God who repeatedly speaks to the plight of the trodden upon. The good shepherd who leaves the 99, all of who matter, every single one. You cannot escape the scriptures that say, Jesus died for every single one of us. That's the message. That's the gospel message. There's no argument to go after the one. He left the 99 to go after the one that needed help and that needed attention. As our friend, community leader, Pastor Julie Norwood said earlier this week, yes, every life matters, and that's why black lives matter. And when I say that, I know there's a tension. I know there's a poli- political statement that comes with it. I know there's a messiness that comes with it. I know there's anger, that there's hurt, and there's uncomfort that comes with it. What I want us to lean into this morning is we see Jesus. Let's just remove ourselves from that. We see Jesus over and over in context, in action. In word, indeed, say, Samaritan lives matter, children' lives matter, the Gentile lives matter. That was the whole New Testament, right? Leaning into the Gentiles. Jewish lives matter. women's lives matter, lepers lives matter. Jesus loves everyone, church. We know that we, 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 we know that that's the gospel message, even to the point of giving His life. But in that context, look at His life. He went out of his way to intentionally help specific groups of people, the alienated, the mistreated, and those facing injustice. I would even venture to say that this morning that seeking justice is one of the most Christ-like things that we can do. Another pastor and a good friend of ours, Bishop Troy Carr, he was our speaker at our men's retreat this last year who pastors at Faith Temple. He was sharing at a public call to peace and unity earlier this week at the Main Street Square. And this is what he said. Yes, we're angry, frustrated, anxious, afraid, hopeless, lost. And we're asking the question, why? Why? We're asking the question, how long will injustice in our country continue against people of color? But what is our response? And this is what he said to everybody there that day. Our response is given to us in scripture. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We are carriers of the hope and the glory of Jesus. And I know what's happening in the world right now has a lot of people nervous and angry and hurt and anxious. And it's 400 years in the making in American history. And there's a lot of tension about what's my appropriate response as a believer in Jesus. And I want to share just one quick passage of scripture. And then we're going to wrap this whole day up with one more song. I believe a prophetic song. It's a revival song. Well, we're going to read from Luke 10, starting in verse 25. And the heading in my Bible says, loving God and loving others known by many as the story of the Good Samaritan. And it reads, Just then, a religious scholar, a lawyer, stood before Jesus in order to test his doctrines and he posed this question. Teacher, what requirement must I fulfill if I want to live forever in heaven? Jesus replied, what does Moses teach? What do you read in the law? In other words, let's look at the scriptures. The religious scholar, the Lord, he answered and he says, it states you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your passion, all your energy and your every thought and you must love your neighbor as well as you love yourself. Jesus said that is correct. Now go and do exactly that. It continues and it says wanting to justify himself. ever catch that before why do you think it says that justify himself there was a lot of racial and cultural tensions in this scene here and it seems the scholar is trying to choose who he loves are you sure jesus that you really want us to treat even those people like we would treat ourselves he was hoping for jesus to affirm what he already believed that being a good neighbor meant caring for other people that were just like him like the jews And it says, he questioned Jesus further, saying, what do you mean by my neighbor? And that's when Jesus responds with the story of the Good Samaritan. He says, listen and I will tell you. There once was a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho when bandits robbed him along the way. They beat him severely, stripped him naked, and left him half dead. Soon, a Jewish priest leader in the church, walking down the same road, came upon the wounded man, seeing him from a distance. The priest crossed to the other side of the road and walked right past him, not turning to help him one bit. Later, a religious man, a Levite, came walking down the same road and likewise crossed to the other side to pass by the wounded man without stopping. Finally, another man, a Samaritan, came upon the bleeding man and was moved with tender compassion for him. He stooped down and gave him first aid, pouring olive oil on his wounds, disinfecting them with wine and bandaging them to stop the bleeding. Lifting him up, he placed him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn. He took him from his donkey and carried him to a room for the night. The next morning, he took his own money, and he gave it to the innkeeper with these words, take care of him until I come back from my journey. If it costs more than this, I will repay you when I return. And then Jesus says, so now, tell me, which one of these three men who saw the wounded man proved to be a true neighbor? it's an easy answer, right? It's easy, it's so easy to see the heart of God in that story. The religious scholar responded and he said, the one who demonstrated kindness and mercy. And Jesus said, you must go and do the same. This story would have been nothing short of scandalous to the Jewish crowd Jews and Samaritans, they hated each other. They were at odds. And in his commentary, the Gospel of Luke and John, R.A. Culpepper says this, Jesus kills two proverbial birds of prejudice with one stone with this story. First, he's making the point that loving one's neighbor transcends boundaries. So let's get over that. And then, second, Jesus challenges the Jew's stereotyped negative generalizations of Samaritans. I just want to land with this. We are called to be agents of mercy. Jesus painted a powerful, picture of what it means to be a neighbor and he placed the, important of, the importance of it just under the absolute number one priority of loving God with everything that we have. And if there was any doubt, he summarized the story of what being a neighbor meant by saying which was the true neighbor? The one who had mercy. In a world gone mad, angry, confused, hurt, and with many who have been left on the side of the road unable to sufficiently recover themselves, we have to be people that are crying out for mercy and offering a hand. We must be the neighbor who shows mercy. Church, we cannot be the one who sees and hears and then walks by and does nothing or even worse we cannot be the one who doesn't see and doesn't hear and doesn't stop to listen pretend like nothing is happening our words have no meaning if our actions are not merciful it's interesting, this story is captured by a man named Luke. And Luke wrote the story of the church in the book of Acts. And the centerpiece of that book records the shift of the church that was happening to embrace the Gentiles. And it took, it took intense debates and it took a lot of time. But Jesus' closest followers finally acknowledged God's plan was to include everybody on the journey. It took some time though took some effort. Church, we still wrestle with it. When Dr. King marched, the white church was at large missing in action. We have a history of falling so short. But if we will begin with mercy not a political bent or stance. This is not a political issue, and it is not even a race issue. This is a justice issue. And if the church will lead with mercy, if we will not be silent, if we will take a stand for justice, then we'll be the church that he's calling us to be and begin to heal and restore bruised and battered and broken world. I know that personally, out of fear of saying the wrong thing, I haven't said much. I've been scared to be misunderstood, but I'm learning that silence is not a position and silence doesn't make a difference. We are to be agents of mercy, not agents of looking the other way. And so church, we stand for justice for all of our brothers and sisters. And if you look around at our neighborhood We've got people that are hurting all over. We need to love our Native American brothers and sisters. I had to, Deanna and I have a story right here in Rapid City of having to pull our own daughter out of a public school system because of name calling and racism that the system wouldn't repent of. And we just felt at the time that we had no choice but to pull her out. And so, we just pray this morning. God, we lean our hearts in, and we repent. We lean our hearts in and say, let us not be the ones who look away but let us be the ones who turn our hearts towards and join in song and join in prayer. And yes, join with our voices and join on the streets and join on social media and all the different ways, Lord. Let us stand. We will not be silent. In your mighty name. Amen.